0: Dr. Yosefa Fogel-Rubel, and this is One-on-One Women Talk Torah, a series brought to you by Matan Women's Institute for Torah Study.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Rivi Frankel, and welcome back to Matan's One-on-One Parsha podcast, where we spend about 30 minutes discussing deep thematic points about the Parsha. Our series on Dvarim is titled Dor Hem Sheikh, Messages for a Lifetime. Each episode explores Moshe's educational message for the Jewish people as they prepare to enter the land of Israel. Each week's guest will be someone who herself has learned at Matan and is now passing these educational messages on to the next generation of Torah students. If you would like to sponsor a podcast episode in honor or memory of a loved one, please contact the Matan office by telephone or email us at podcast These sponsorships enable us to keep creating new content. So if you have deliberated until now, please don't hesitate to be in touch. This week we read a double portion of Nitzavim and Vayelech. Nitzavim continues the thread from last week's blessings and curses, reiterating that Hashem will react to how Ben Yisrael behave. Lo baShamayim hi, it's not in the heavens, Below lo me'ever leYam, and it's not across the sea. Hi but the fulfillment of Torah and its commandments is close to each and every one of you. U b'chayim, you should choose life for you and for your children. Moshe then tells the people that his time is drawing near. He gives them the instructions for hakel, the communal gathering and public recitation of the Torah every seven years. Hashem too says it is almost time for Moshe to die, and so Moshe brings Yoshua into the Ohel Moed where the cloud of glory is present and Yoshua receives his instructions directly from God. The Parsha ends with Moshe writing down a shirah for the generations, a poem whose contents will be the topic of our next Parsha, Ha'azinu. My guest today is Rabbanit Shani Taragan. Rabbanit Shani started learning a Matan 32 years ago as a student of Dr. Brian Yochaved Levi, Rev Broyer, and Dr. Aviva Zornberg, and then continued as a Matan Matmidot scholar. Rabbanit Shani started the Morot Lahalacha program in Matan Ranana, and together with Dr. Dodi Tobin Zichronel Bracha, founded Matan Ramap Echemesh, and most recently, Shani founded Matan Ramot. Today, in addition to being the educational director of the Matan Bells Eshkolot Institute, she also teaches Torah around the world and runs projects and heads initiatives at a pace that often seems humanly impossible. Shani, it is a pleasure to have you
2: here today. Thank you so much, Rivi. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I feel like this week's Parsha
1: is chock full of some of the most fundamental values that we hold dear as Jews. And Moshe Rabbeinu is not just telling us, do this, don't do that. He's trying to instruct the people at what at their core should drive the decisions that they make and the life choices that they make. And I would really just love to kind of give you the platform to share your thoughts and your ideas and to kind of just jump right into your perspectives on the Parsha.
2: Thank you so much. So even when you said you're so happy to host today, I was thinking this is very appropriate for this week's Parsha. Hayom, And in terms of also appreciating the significance of one generation to the next generation all the more so that terminology that chaza learn, kol yom, nacha and every day it's really a new day so uh, whether it's this conversation that we're having right now or a conversation in torah that i hope we continue to have many uh, days weeks uh, months and years ahead or whether it's reflecting on conversations of the past the word hayom in itself is so significant, and appreciating that every day really is like the day that we receive the Torah, both at Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbein Yusrat Sefer Devarim, as you've been learning and teaching together with uh, some of the distinguished students and teachers of Matan, the more so reinforces that sense when he talks about the future of Am Yisrael, of standing by Har Grizim Harival, and uh, having them reflecting back on the day Hayom that they stood by her Sinai, and then that day, bayom asher avarta matayardin, referring to the future. So uh, even that terminology of transmission, I think, is very significant. But in addition to nitzavim hayom chukhem l'fnei the last speech really. As uh, Chazal teach us, leading into Parshat Vayelech of Moshe Rabbeinu, going and bidding farewell to every member of Am Yisrael, this is, I think, one of the most emotionally ridden and one of the most significant parshiot of Moshe. Basically, his the last part of his last lecture, this very long, 37-intensive mitzvah speech and and farewell speech to Am Yisrael. But the uh, idea even of these two parashiyot, Nitzavim and Vayelach, also, as you were talking, just the thought that came to my mind of, at first, we have to stand, right? This is the continuation of the Tochach of last week's parsha, parshat Kitavo. Atem Nitzavim Hayom, and it's so interesting because Moshe Rabbeinu is going to address them as a collective, as a community, but at the same time, He then, instead of speaking about the ramifications of the entire people, not keeping the mitzvot, he focuses on individuals. And first we have to each be standing collectively, individually, and then Vayilech. Only once you take a stand, only once you really understand the principles, the tenets of our faith, only once you understand the foundation, right, and have what to stand upon literally and figuratively, then you can start walking. Then you can uh, start moving and thinking forward. So, I think this is the perfect way to begin our conversation. Speaking about moving ahead and Vayelach, the only way to do that we find in this week's Parsha starting with Nitzavim is after hearing about the ramifications of not fulfilling the Brit, both on a collective level, parshat Kitabo, individually, Parshat Nitzavim, just when you think that everything is lost, just when you think the end of, of the Tochacha, which is really very harsh of uh, Am Yisrael as a nation, not, not even having any refuge, no one's even purchasing them from the slave market, and individually, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, explaining the Ketzav Gadol, V'yishlachim al Eretz Acharetz, the, the national exile of the people, then we find something remarkable, which is the novelty of Chuva. And it's interesting because I ask students all the time, when is the first time chuva appears in Tanakh? So many will talk about Kayin, albeit Hazal, introduced Chuva by Kayin on a midrashic level but in Pshat, it doesn't appear at all until here, until Devar and Parekh Lamed. You have uh, the stories of Yosef and the Machloket amongst the various exegetical commentators, the Ramban. Was it really Tshuba? Was it maybe uh, employing certain extreme methods to encourage repentance on the level of the brothers? But keep in mind, even by Yikra, which speaks about atonement, Kapara and Selicha that we have by Chita Ekel and Shmo, those are very different than Tshuva either kapara literally protecting us from punishment, Slicha Hashem forgiving us, but that's not repenting from our sin. You know, the idea of, of Hashem, you know, still looking at at the sinna before us as opposed to an entire process, which is beautifully described in this week's Parsha. And speaking about the individual and collective with which the Parsha begins, this is where I love speaking about the mila mancha, of Devarim Paraglamid of the Parsha Tachuba, where Chuba obviously appears seven times, and it begins with the individual, Hashivota el that every individual is going to undergo introspection and then return to Shmirat Mitzvot. That's the next level. But the irony is that the mutual response of Hakadosh Baruch what's supposed to be viewed as a reciprocal response, is Hashem returning Vishav Hashem etchivutcha Mecha, Hashem returning us as a people. In other words, there really isn't just an individual without seeing us within the national collective realm. And then I think that this is reinforced by the continuation where we find that just when you think the Juva process is over, Hashem says, once I bring you back here, umal Hashem al et levavcha bet levav which reinforces and really underscores this idea of the long-term ramifications, not just for you, but for your children to come and that though can only take place in our tisrael which uh, highlights obviously the uh, the national aspects of tshuva the uh, idea of knowing that no matter where you are throughout the world we have the resonances and the encouragement of tshuva at this time but that tshuva that individual tshuva really ends with uh, the middle of the parashat ha because the end is really all on a collective level. The full process of tshuva can only be attained as a nation in Eretz Yisrael. Only once we return, that only takes place in Eretz Yisrael for all different explanations, as the Parshadim explain. And then the sason and simcha that we're gonna feel here, the tshuva of returning to full mitzvah observance, including the mitzvah ha-tsuyot So uh, that obviously is collectively going to be dependent on our national return to Israel.
1: I think there's a certain irony in the duality that you're talking about between national and personal because I find that both with myself and with my students that often sin comes when people are trying to put the boundaries on their own individuality and that individuality from authority, whether that's their parents or God, but also individuality from community. Like as I'm listening to you talk, I'm hearing, I, I, I can hear that tension that exists. Where it's like, on the one hand, I feel like I'm a part of this larger picture and people that can bring me to a place that I couldn't achieve on myself. But on the other hand, I want to be my own person and I want to have my own voice. And maybe I don't want to be part of this community all the time. And maybe I don't like that. And I think, especially for you, as somebody who uh, is so much a part of a community and values that connectivity, but yet is also so much of an individual. And you have such a unique voice and position within the community. I'm wondering if you've talked to that a little bit.
2: Rivi, I love, love the segues and uh, love the uh, the opening for this discussion because you're quoting directly from the beginning of this week's Parsha, uh, Parshan Nitzabim, which really is striking in the sense that from the beginning of Sacred Varim. We've been hearing Moshe addressing Am Yisrael as a nation, and therefore we're not surprised when, in Parsha kitabu he rebukes them and tells them the consequences of not fulfilling the mitzvot. And hearing about the the punishments of agricultural disease and exile, they're all on a national national level, and we understand also why Hakadosh Baruch Hu punishes us as a nation, even if it means that some individuals who may not always deserve that punishment are going to be collectively included, and then. This week's parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Wait a second, I know that there are going to be individuals amongst you. Take a look at, again, this is really remarkable when he says this. He turns to each one. He says, Wait a second. pen He says, I know what's going on. There's going to be one of you, one of you, who really sees himself or herself as an individual. You know, and right now I'm thinking, even uh, when you said you know that I see myself so much as part of the community, but also an individual, I think that we all have on one hand that tension, but also that responsibility of being part of the cloud and at the same time seeing ourselves as a frat. And please pardon me, I keep thinking about this Monty Python scene from we are all individuals and uh, everyone uh, screaming it out together because uh, okay, they're not really such uh, individuals, but Moshe really does address them here it, as individuals. And he says, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, so then no one's going to notice whether or not I keep the mitzvah. No one's going to notice whether or not I'm really part of you know, this uh, collective covenant, right? So it's okay if not just I mess up. You know what? I'll consciously just not do this. You know, I understand that Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to us as these chosen people and having a covenantal responsibility. So it's okay. I'll just bureau off from the covenant. I'll do my own thing. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, I know that there are such individuals amongst you, but you have to understand, he says, that even if you think that you're acting as an individual, he says, "Pen And the him explain, that that's the key terminology Moshe Rabbeinu says don't you realize that you are this root and what happens with a root that a root is always connected both to to the bottom and to the top you're connected to a past and you're also connected to a future whether you like it or not and therefore if you turn astray if you as an individual think okay i'll get away with it you know i'll just do my own thing wait a second are you forgetting about the legacy of the past are you forgetting about Literally, the generations of your ancestors before you who made sure to send you and to invest a lot in your Jewish education and gave up their lives, really, for shemirat torah ra'um mitzvot, and you're gonna give that up? And how about the future generations? In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu says, of course there is a level of individualism within, within Am Yisrael, but you cannot separate yourself, each and every one of you, and this is, as a teacher, sometimes very difficult because you have to respect the choices of individuals and at the same time what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying is I hate to tell you this but you don't really have much of a choice of being part of the Jewish people because that's that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu destined for you. And therefore, if you were born as part of this, then you carry you carry a burden. You do. It's a burden of responsibility, but it's also about the future. And therefore, he says, even if you think shalom yeli li be elech just know that there are ramifications for the collective. And I think about this very often. And I recommend to everyone to read Rabbi Sacks's a letter a letter in the scroll, which very much I'd say underscores this idea of each one is a letter, yes, each, you know, both on on so many different levels, each one representing their own letter in the Sefer Torah, but at the same time, every letter that's even slightly pasul can affect the entire cloth of the Sefer.
1: I wanna highlight one of the words that you said about choice. So on the one hand, you're saying, in a certain sense, Moshe is telling the people, you don't really have a choice about how you were born. You were born into this responsibility, it is all Malchut shamayim, right? It is a, a heavy responsibility to bear. But at the same time, Moshe Rabinu opens up choice for us in other ways. Very famously, probably one of the most known values that people talk about all the time, right? Choose life. And so that, on the one hand, you don't have a choice about your circumstance, but you have a choice about what you do with that circumstance, and you have a choice for the individual that you are within the Klau, within the community, I
2: think is is part of this discussion that Moshe is bringing to the people. Rivi, you just summarized Sefer Devarim, because as you know, that word Bechira appears more in Sefer Devarim than any other Sefer in Hamishachum Moshet and that's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu is introducing, meaning Sefer Shmot introduces us as the chosen people, and Sefer Devarim is the choosing people. And Moshe Rabbeinu, I have an uncle, actually wrote a, a Sefer about this to remind us of, yes, HaKadosh Baruch does, to a certain degree, exactly what you said. And the idea is just as you said of, on one hand, we, we are chosen, but Moshe iterates, but choose, u'bacharta but choose the, the mitzvot, but choose a meaningful life. Choose, again, in our actions, right are going to reflect our choices so Moshe Rabbeinu is both encouraging and at the same time warning us what happens if we make wrong choices as any good parent does and as such Moshe Rabbeinu is saying every moment of every day you have this choice every moment of every day you can choose like the beginning of Parshat Nitzavim, to say no i'm going to do my own thing and not necessarily follow the legacy and the directive of my ancestors At the same time you'll also have a choice at every stage of your life you could always return every week every month kol yom we're supposed to be engaged in the process of tshuva because we have that choice and i think very often and this is a nice way to see the continuum in Parshat vayelech rashi has a beautiful pirush on vayelech moshe when he first goes around as chazal tell us to every single shave every single tent you know that's his uh, personal farewell speech right after speaking to the people i always envision him by our vote moab all these uh, you know literally millions you know two and a half three million members of amy israel standing by him and then can you imagine i picture him knocking on everyone's tents. As uh, as Chazal explained, Ibn Ezra says beautifully. He goes to every Shabbat and speaks to them, speaks to their hearts, gives them a, a personal address. But in any case, Rashi says, how does he begin at that speech? He says, Anochi hayom. Right, bring us back to Atem hayom. And Rashi says beautifully, Hayom milu yamay ushnotai biyom ze noladeti ze amut. This is his speech of Zaya Nadar, that we know from Savior Yoshua, is the uh, the date of his passing, and he says Mil uya He's saying, today, my years are complete, but not just my years, my months, the days of my life, which is such a strong message. He's saying, I tried at least to choose to do the right thing every moment of every day. And I think not a day goes by when I don't think about this, Rashi, am I choosing the right choice for right now. Am I choosing to speak to the students? And many of my students know over starting this class right the second and uh, or the next minute. And I don't know if all my choices are the right choices. But I think okay, what is Moshe Rabinu trying to give us? Right, a basically a blueprint of these choices, and we we ask Hakadosh Baruch for the kolach and the insight to which choose the best that we can. But just as you said, as individuals, we have that freedom, and we also have that responsibility to choose every moment of every day.
1: It strikes me how, in this set of partio, we also have kind of the parallel pasoktura A, right? And this vision of, of this idea of being seen, right, as opposed to hearing, which is also a theme we talked about this last week with kitavo that we have the word here so many times moshe just wants it to sink into the people and moshe sees the people it's not just that they should see but he is a leader who sees and knows that individual and in a time where i at least personally feel like this but i think a lot of people feel like this that our leadership doesn't see us and our leadership doesn't represent us and i would even say that not just in a political sense, on a religious sense, that there are so many demographics, not not to be political, but how many women feel that their rabbi can't understand their experience, right? You, as a this is one of your soapboxes, right? About having women be involved. This is one of the reasons you started and you're so involved in these things because different perspectives and people should be seen in the community. And I think it's amazing that Moshe as this archetype of the leader and the prophet and the he's the people's man and he's god's man he's everybody's man sees the individual and it's subtle it's not in the place where he's telling us remember the ger remember the yotam the almanat right it's not in the place where he's knocking us on the head with the remember the." he's modeling it for us and there's so much
2: that he models maybe in fact you're touching on one of my pet peeves and whether you well uh, you know it or not, I think you do know it. And that is, as Chazal encouraged us, Vayiwein necha ro'ot et I mean, it works both ways, that Moshe Rabbeinu sees the people, right? we're told to see, the leadership should ideally see us, and we should also see our leaders. So the question is, firstly, just like we found in Parshad Gre, of the not only knowing that there is a place, right? the Makom Hashem, which going back to Barisha Per Khafet is all about the ri'iyah, HaMakom Asher Hashem will show us, but it's also Har Hashem Har Hashem the place where Hashem sees our Yiret Hashem and where Hashem ultimately will be seen by us. So we have to be prepared, we have to be ready, we have to be the ones to engage, as the Ramban tells us. Again, Lidrosh, right? Also from uh, from parashat to uh, be able to seek out a place and to seek out our leaders. And yes, it's true that we need more, I'm gonna say, religiously sensitive minded female leadership. And we also need our, just as you said, political leaders, but all the more so, rabbanim of the generation to uh, to see us and Baruch Hashem, I have the schot, to uh, be involved in conversation and and dialogue and questions with many rabbanim and have really stressed this idea and Baruch Hashem I've seen seen a change in you know whether it's uh, Stern College the Rashi Yeshiva coming more often whether it's uh, you know in Matan to to see Baruch Hashem you know wonderful leaders both being created and also being brought in whether it's uh, the the general sphere of of communities, I'm very privileged and then met Katonti, I should say such a school to live in a community with Rabbi Yosef to be Rimon, who is really a people's Rav. I think he knows not just every single member of the entire community, but every child by name, really, through his interaction with them at a very young age. And I think that we have to want it, we have to seek it out. And yes, you know, if we I think if leaders see that we seek out their interaction with us, then we're headed to making better choices. But speaking about seeing, it's interesting that this week's Parsha actually tells us that we have to see, that in order to perpetuate Ma'am harsina in order to perpetuate the ideas, it's not enough to learn them, and it's not enough to, uh, to hear them you have to see them, which is where the mitzvah pakel comes in. You have to actually re-experience once every seven years, the Chaka Sukkot after Shemitah year, after really reflecting and learning, then it's almost you know the cherry on top that comes to, to both qualify but also corroborate everything that Shemitah is about. And I would even argue takes us into the ensuing six years to live off of those values of Shemitah, we have to be able to see. We have to come together as a people. And even the Anashim, the Nashim, the Taf, everyone has to be there for that experience. And Chazal speak about, well, why do the children have to come? Right? They don't just come. It right? is to give the Sahara to the parents. What right? that means is that they see their parents involved in Torah. They see the seriousness and the excitement, the enthusiasm of their parents, their mothers, their fathers going off to, to hear Shurim, to learning Torah. And that's the sachar for the parents. They uh, will certainly see the fruits of that. I think that mitzvah of hakel really reinforces the idea of, of ri'iyah all the more. And then it's complemented beautifully by the end of uh, of the parsha. By the end of parshat by when Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Kitbu lachem, how does he refer to the words of the Torah? As he alluded to, "Kitbu lachem et hashira ha-zot, Yisrael, sima bifihem, ha-shira ha-zot l'aid Yisrael. But it's not enough to see; you also have to sing it. You also have to hear it. So we need those complementary senses in order to ensure the uh, continuation not just of Am Yisrael, but the words of the Torah and, yes, our relationship with Torah leaders today.
1: In one of Rabbi Sachs' conversations about covenant, he has this whole, I believe, statement series. So, on Parshat Dvarim, his belief statement is, I believe that followership is the great neglected art. Followers and leaders form a partnership of mutual challenge and respect. To be a follower in Judaism is not to be submissive, uncritical, blindly accepting. Questioning and arguing is part of the relationship. Too often though, we decry a lack of leadership when we are really suffering from a lack of followership. And when I was in Matan, so we had the privilege, you brought for us three different times, Professor Uriel Simon yeah. to speak uh, to us. And we were actually the last year that he was able to come all three times, which was really a very, very special experience. And one of the classes, he talked a lot about Yitzchak and how the role of Yitzchak is so often under appreciated as being the follower, right? You need the Avraham to start and to have the Lech Lecha moment. And then you need the Yitzchak to follow in the path and he's the one who didn't leave Eretz Yisrael, right? He's the one who, who stays and did what his father did in his own way, but still being a follower. And I think that we see with Yoshua, one of the reasons that he's chosen is that because he's Misharet Moshe. He's the person who serves Moshe, who follows Moshe, and therefore can be a leader because he can also model that idea of being a good follower. And I think the way that I like to see Torah and relationships is that every single relationship that we have, every single type of relationship, is a model back for our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so whether that's a relationship between uh, a child and a parent, or then being the parent and the child, or a spousal relationship, a friend relationship, a teacher relationship, but here it's being a follower relationship. And Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching the people through Yahushua, how to be followers of God and how to model that back again in that modeling sense. And so I think that part of what you're saying really resonates strongly with me in terms of finding ways for these archetypes of leaders to model for us in our
2: own lives. Rabbi, that's so beautiful and so true, which is why he's chosen. He has Ruach Al-Kimbo, not necessarily the Ruach acharet of Kalev because he's the one, Lo Yamush, both from Har Sinai, from the O.L. of Moshe, I think we're missing that a little today. That idea of a uh, followership, as you said, because followership implies a certain level of submission, and it's very difficult in our autonomous generation for people to feel that. And this week's parsha really focuses a lot on not just the selection but modeling that for for Am Yisrael, because even though. Yehoshua has been chosen already twice at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, and again, we're told that uh, at the beginning of Sefer Devarim, and we're going to be told again the beginning of Sefer Yehoshua. This time it's done in front of all of Yisrael. Leine kol Yisrael. Moshe calls Yehoshua with those famous words of chazak be'ematz, and has to show, I'm Yisrael. Yes, I am hereby strengthening my successor. And you should all learn from, from Yehoshua. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu then says again, "Krat et Yehoshua b'tzavnu ba'ol moed vatzavenu." And it's important that people understand that Moshe is the one appointing Yehoshua, and now Hashem is also going to be commanding Yehoshua. And as we begin Sefer Yehoshua, we're going to see this as Moshe, the Hashem, Yehoshua, Misha'rit Moshe. And at first glance, this may seem as you know a little bit of Oh, an insult to uh, to Yoshua. Moshe is the Evet Hashem, and you're Mishareth Moshe, but that's exactly the point. The only way that Savior Yoshua can end with the description of Yoshua as an Evet Hashem is if he's first Mishareth Moshe. Which, uh, and I think it's beautiful also in this week's parsha that the first Vayelach is Vayelach Moshe, and then right in the middle, Vayikram Moshe Yoshua, and then the beautiful Vayelach Moshe Be Yoshua Be Yetfiatu Moed. And that's how, and the only way really, to be able to have the proper succession, to be able to have the proper continuity. So that, that definitely is a, a bracha that I wish our generation that we can, as you quoted beautifully from Rabbi Sachs, learn the art of followership.
1: I want to end with one final question. And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I hope that you're okay with that. This idea of chazak via and you spoke so beautifully about hakel. and Resetting after Shmita and community and relationship with Eretz Yisrael and at Baruch If I were to give you the floor, which basically I'm going to do, if you had one message and you can take it from this week's Parsha or it can be wherever your heart is sitting or your head is sitting right now of Chazak V'Yematz to the people. We're in Elo, we're coming up to Yamim Noraim. It's definitely not the easiest period of history that we're experiencing now. On an individual level, there are people that are going through challenges. And I think most people want to do tshuva. And I think there are a lot of things that get in the way. What would be your message of Chazak Fiamat?
2: On one hand, Ribi, you're right. That's a very daunting task that, and to be able to to just give a, one a strong message now. On the other hand, my heart really is in, uh, in this week's Persha and at this time in the month of Elul. So uh, I think of the chazak v'ematz that's mentioned in uh, this week's parsha, Vayelech. Chazak v'ematz ki tavo et ha'am hazeh el Aris asher nishma Hashem lavotam latet v'ata tan'chilena otam. Moshe Rabbeinu is basically telling Yehoshua, you're going to have many, many pitfalls along the way, many challenges, many even perhaps, as we, we learn, say, for Yehoshua, even a certain mistakes, uh, both on a leadership level, on unfortunately the disunity during the time of Yahushua, the, the tribalization as opposed to the, uh, the national assistance that each one is supposed to be granting the other in their respective conquests of their territories. And what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Yahushua is don't lose sight of that goal and don't lose sight of the divine promise. You're going to come. You're going to come to the land, and you will one day. <laughs> and we know that it's not until Tkufat that the full Nachala of Eret Yisrael is finally secure. Moshe Revenu says, don't worry, there is a clear trajectory. And even when the going gets tough, and even when things don't look great in Am Yisrael or Eret Yisrael, and certainly when you're not even in Eret Yisrael, It's very hard to stay positive. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Don't be afraid. And don't be afraid of those pitfalls. Don't be afraid of making those wrong choices and living with the consequences. And yes, there are consequences for those choices. But that's exactly what these parashiyot, I think these are amongst the most, well, the truth is that no matter which parsha you would ask, I would say <laughs> a, uh, an encouraging parsha. but definitely need tzavim just stand tall, stand tall and keep walking. Because uh, when you stand knowing that you're a member of Am an Yisrael and that we have the blueprints of the Torah and we have the song of the Torah that we get to sing all the time, then what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu basically assures us of as well as that Hashem is there, there are promises of, speaking of the uh, collective community, there are promises as a nation. We have a goal, we have a very clear goal. Avam Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. If uh, this is going to uh, definitely resonate with the, uh, the pillars of Rav kok Rav Neria, Zechertetikim Lebracha, that if you follow Torat Yisrael, and you really, we do, we have such a compass. So first and foremost, collectively, And especially in these very politically-ridden days, I sometimes feel, oh my, are we going backwards in our direction towards Ge'ula? And then I think about this Pasuk, don't worry, you know it's gonna come. And Baruch Hashem, we're living in miraculous times, really unprecedented miraculous times. So uh, on that note, a message to give all of Am Yisrael collectively. When you look around, sometimes I, I tell people, don't listen to the news, really, because when you walk the streets of Yerushalayim or Tel Aviv, you really see the beautiful chassidim of Am Israel. You see hundreds of stories, mikam chay Yisrael, so beautiful. So uh, don't lose sight of that. Al tira, al Just continue, continue to head in a positive direction. And we know that this is a generation that really could see the full fulfillment of tatan uh, chilim of the resettlement at the time of peace. This is a generation that really could see the fulfillment of the last stages of shuvah, uh, of Sastiya. Hashem assures us that things are gonna be even greater than they were, that we're gonna see those blessings. And that brings us back to Elul. That sometimes it can be very overwhelming. You know, We know, especially in the month of Elul, teaching students of all ages, it's not only overwhelming, but sometimes disheartening. Oh my, here I'm trying, even the month of Elul, to fix this and to fix that. Altira, don't worry. This is uh, certainly the month of HaMelech uh, Basadeh both collectively, nationally, individually. Just know that you have the strength within you. Take it one day at a time, one choice at a time, and maximize, maximize this time period, both calendarically and historically. And we'll uh, be able to see the uh, peirot of our personal tshuva and our national tshuva.
1: Amen, ki karo because it's close to you. Shani, it's been wonderful to sit here and have this conversation with you. Thank you for all the Torah that you shared. Thank you. This was
2: really a pleasure. And the time literally flew by. So uh, thank you. And this is a wonderful opportunity to wish everyone not just a chodesh but a a v'chatima tova v'ezrat Hashem t'achel shana ofer <laughs>
0: I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'm Dr. Yosefa Fogel-Rubel, and this is One-on-One Women Talk Torah, a series brought to you by Matan Women's Institute for Torah Study. Please do one-on-one and women's Torah learning a small favor by sharing this podcast with family and friends so that we can reach new listeners. You can stream and download these episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Matan's website. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review in the comments. Please send us any feedback at podcast at matan.org.il. That's podcast at matan.org.il. Thanks for listening, everyone.